Welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. It's good to be back with you again another week to share some of my thoughts and ideas. We're moving into what some people call the Easter season, and it started for some people back at the time of Lent, and it'll go through Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and then Resurrection Sunday, or Easter Sunday as some people call it. Yesterday, we went to see a play called The Thorn. Now, if you've ever seen this or you go to see it, don't expect it to be a completely accurate view of the Scripture. But as I watched this play unfold, and it's a very fine arts play with ballet and dance and music and lights and theatrical, but the point of it was to get the message across that Jesus came to give his life for others. And so that's what we're really talking about. You know, you can live in America or all over the world, and you can believe there's a God or not a God. You can believe that there is eternal life or there isn't. You can believe in resurrection, or you can believe in reincarnation until you keep getting a chance until you get it right. And then you become one with the cosmos. Well, as you know from my podcast in the past, I'm a Christian, and I believe in a resurrection, and I believe in an eternity with God. But the one thing that kind of got me in this play as I watched it was the fact of how we each want to see Jesus, and then sometimes those that call themselves followers of Jesus in a certain light, that they have to fulfill certain things. For instance, when Jesus came and they were looking at him, they were thinking, great, here's the one that's going to throw off this Roman oppression and get rid of it, and we'll be free, and we'll be a nation again, and we'll have a king, you know, set, and it'll be happiness for the rest of our lives and no more sorrow. And that's kind of how people look at the idea of being a Christian today. And this is how the church has portrayed it sometimes today. Just come to Jesus, and all your problems will be over. All your problems will be solved. Well, I don't think that's necessarily true. At least it's not been true in my life, and I've been trying to follow. And I say trying because it is a daily effort. It is a lot like what my wife and I agreed to when we got married and some truths that we've discovered afterwards, that... Love is a choice. You choose to love someone every day. You don't have to choose to like them. In fact, you may not like them every day that you're in relationship with them, but that has nothing to do with your choice of loving them and being in that relationship with them. So as I thought about this, I thought about the church first of all. Each of us has a view of God. And each of us has a view in the different denominations or flavors, as I call it, and even those that call themselves no denomination at all. These are the rules. And unless you follow these rules, you don't make it. And that's the way it is with a lot of things. It, it, it's that way with Judaism. It's that way with Islam. It's that way with social clubs. It's that way with belonging to something in any sense of the term belonging you agree to their terms. It's like signing a loan. It's like joining a club. You read over, and it says, if you agree to these things, then you agree to follow them. And we find that's great and acceptable when we're becoming a member of the Elks, a member of the Y, 
a member of any other organization, but for some reason, when we become a part of the Christian family, or the family of God, if you want to call it that, or just Christ's kingdom, if you want to call it that, then we balk, and we kind of pick and choose what we think should be followed and not followed. But that's not how it works. And I want to challenge you as you come into this time that we know as Resurrection Sunday for me, maybe you know it as Easter, that it's about what did Jesus come to do? Did he simply come to save us from our sins? Or did he announce a kingdom that was near, a kingdom that could be had, a kingdom that could be joined, a kingdom that could be practiced in daily life by those who chose to do so. And by those who chose to do so, would then show the kingdom to others, and by being in that kingdom, and a part of that kingdom, they would inherit eternal life. You see, I don't believe that Jesus came to establish a church. Now, I know Summer goes, wait a minute. Jesus told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Well, when you really look up the word church and you see it, it's the idea of called out ones, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Well, what are we called out of? Well, we're called out of ourselves. We're called out of the world. But we're called into something. You can't just leave something. You have to become something. And that's something was a devoted follower of Jesus being a part of his kingdom. Now, we should understand what being a part of a kingdom is. We belong to a country, at least in mine, is the United States. And we say all the time that we'll follow the laws and obey the laws of the land or the United States. Well, that's the same thing with Jesus. If you decide to follow him, you obey the laws of the kingdom. And those laws are really very simple. They're told to act justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. That's Micah 6.8. That's really easy to do as far as saying. It's hard to do as far as living. But that's what Jesus came to do. He came to give us a way of life. He did not come to give us a denomination. He did not come to give us four walls and pulpits and pews and baptistries and communion ware. Although those things are important, and can build faith in our life. That's not what he came to give. He came to give one life for another. And that's what we need to understand. He traded his sinless life for our sinful life. And we, in turn, put off our sinful life to put on his sinless life. Now, that's the challenge of the resurrection. That's the challenge of many verses in the Bible that talks about dying with Christ and rising with Christ, that being in Christ is to be a new person, that old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so as we approach this resurrection season, I want you to start thinking about what needs to be buried and what needs to be resurrected in your life. If you travel with God long enough, you kind of take him for granted. You kind of just 
go along and drift like you're in a tube on a lazy river going down it. Without much effort, the current just pushes you along, and you never really challenge yourself until you get into some fast water or maybe when, like I used to take the kids tubing, get near this low water dam and you go over and you have to be careful to not get caught in it and paddle the right way and get to the right side to be able to sit on down the river. And that's how life is. So I really want you to think about that. Some things need to be buried in your life. Some grudges, some regrets, some traumas need to be let go of and buried because you're no longer living in those situations. You no longer have to grasp hold of those and hold on and make them a part of yourselves because you have moved past them. Now, will they always be a historical part of you? Yes, they will. But they don't always have to be an emotional part of you, a one that drives you in a certain direction because of your fear to go into a new relationship or to face something that you don't want to face because you're afraid it'll turn out the way it did before. Or it doesn't need to direct you in anger so that you lash out because maybe somebody else is acting like these other people, and therefore you're going to get hurt again, and so before you get hurt, you'll hurt them. There are just many things that we need to have buried in our life in that tomb with Christ. He took everything that is wrong about human nature upon himself, being sinless, never violating any of that, and he buried it, and then he rose to the glory of God. And that's what I want to challenge you with. How are you rising to the glory of God? How are you being resurrected in newness of life? What needs to be new in your life starting now with this Easter season? Don't wait till Easter Sunday on the 9th of April. You can start now. What is it that you need to let go of, to bury, to put away, and what is it that you need to take up? Is it being kinder? Is it being more loving? Is it being less short-tempered? Is it being more self-controlled? What is it that you need to resurrect? I know there's some things in my life I need to resurrect. It really doesn't matter what other people do or say to me. And I've been reminded of that this past week. There are people that want to say things that are about me that are not true. I know they're not true. God knows they're not true. But they want to say them to either agitate me or make me feel bad or hurt or change my direction. And there are those things in your life, too, that people want to do like that in your life. So this is a good chance in this season of Resurrection Sunday to have all those good things of Christ resurrected in your life Maybe you hadn't been to church in a while. Maybe you haven't prayed in a while. Maybe you haven't even thought about God in a while. I'm just asking, whatever you're doing, how's it working for you? And maybe could you consider during this resurrection time resurrecting some thoughts that there is a creator, there is a substitute for your sins, and there is a person that wants to bathe you in their forgiveness in their love, and they want to empower you to live above and beyond where you are. Think about that.
May Christ rise in your life during this season of resurrection. Blessing, protection, and favor until we meet again.